My eyes are red. I've been burning. I've been burning. Here's the reason why. My eyes are red. I've been burning. Welcome to Magic and Hash. My name's Tim. You might know me from Aethercast. I graduated from Fort Lewis College. The closest I got to a 4.0 was my blood alcohol content. And joining us from Cast from Exile, who do we have? It is I, your golden guru, his divine grace, Swami Sid. And I have come to impart some wisdom and secondhand smoke upon you tonight. Smoke weed every day. And joining us, a man who uses any bathroom that he's ever wanted since 1993, our man. John. Holland. That's right, and the world is my bathroom. Pissing in public, or is that just kind of like, I'm going to use your fancy bathroom I, and wash my hands with your fancy soaps? Actually, like, like you know how, you know, when you're you're younger and, you know, you're coming up and, like, uh, you know, you, something happens for the first time and it just blows your fucking mind? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Like, that was probably the first time in 1993 we were, like, on this fucking uh, school trip. Buses pulled over at, like, the world's smallest gas station. And there was, like, you know, literally three buses full of, like, you know, junior high kids that had to piss. And so, so like, eventually got to this point where, like, the girls were done pissing. And it was like, okay, boys, line up, start pissing in the girls' room. And it was just, like, you know, cataclysmic. Like, what? Authority figures are letting us do something that's, you know, so forbidden? I've spent a lot of time in the girls' bathroom. How else are you going to install the surveillance equipment? You know, and, and it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's still a gigantic thing of ceramic that piss and shit goes into. Big deal. That's a big attraction in that area, the world's smallest gas station. We used to stop there and take pictures when my dad would have a conniption on family trips. I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. Oh, how I miss those trips. Man, these days, that's how you know you're in a bad neighborhood. Like, when you go to use the bathroom at a gas station, and they give you the freaking key to the exterior place, and it's, like, tied to a cinder block or something, and they don't actually have a real shitter in there, that's a, that's a sign that you might be in trouble. Yeah, the meter stick, or the yardstick. It's yeah. like, here you go. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. man, this thing is, like, brown. A million people have yeah. touched it. <laughs> So I snuck into Mexico last night, and I'm staying down here at Juan Pedro's house, and the shit's pretty swank, dude. Like, you go into a separate room to take a shit. Then he has, like, a little foyer where you wipe your ass. Then you go in a different room to wash your hands, and then finally you go into a different room to dry your hands. And he's got, like, a dude in there that has pre-rolled blunts and fucking chewing gum (laughs) and Newports and all types of shit, dude. It's like being at the club. It's dope. Hola, welcome to Radio Mota. Yeah, isn't that the worst, like, when you go someplace and there's a bathroom that violates the norms of bathrooms? You know, like, there's the guy standing there with a mince or something. So Tijuana, Sid, that's pretty good. I once went to Tijuana for spring break in college. You can get titties in the face for a quarter, and you can get an ass in the face for a dollar. We all came back with pink eye, but I think it was maybe something in the water. I don't know what it was. Yeah, man, my career's taken off, dude. I've already done four auditions for donkey shows, and I've only been here for a day. 
I said, so were you the donkey or were you receiving the donkey? Well, it was kind of a split. Like, uh, the first two that I had this morning, I was the donkey, but I got one Thursday night that I'm going to actually be taking the donkey. I'm not sure if it's going to be a real donkey or a guy in a suit yet, but it doesn't really matter. And then on Friday, it's kind of just like, uh, just depends on who shows up that day. So it's good to be versatile in this business, I found. You know, there are several breeds of miniature horse. You could find one of those breeds of miniature horse, and then, you know, they have a different bone structure. So it being smaller, you could probably get better leverage, good angle, more thrust. It might be something you want to look into. Now, that's dope, dude, because, like... uh I think that you might be onto something there. I was thinking about saving up my pesos, you know, while I'm out here working and perhaps like opening my own horse track slash donkey show slash prime rib buffet. Come on down to Sid's prime rib buffet and donkey show. Open Monday through Friday to late, Saturday and Sundays till five. Yeah, I think we mentioned this once before, but me and Sid, we've been out to the horse track before. That's a good time. Did you guys bet on some horses or what? Oh, fuck yeah. Like, you're going to go to a fucking horse track and not bet on horses. You're just going to watch horses run around? That's stupid. Yeah, matter of fact, like, we actually went, uh, since it was Sid's first time, we went to a little class they had there where they teach you how to, like, read the uh, racing program and bet on the horses. I've been to, like, a dog track, so I kind of, I know the gist of it. And, like, you can pick to place, you can pick the, to win. Oh, wait, you went to a dog track? What kind of buffet do they have there? Like a roasted pigeon buffet? Place where you could get like burgers and stuff and like kind of like a food area-ish. We got a bucket of fries and chicken <laughs> tenders. They're kind of mixed together because we ran out of buckets. <laughs> no, like, no, We no got wing in. sauce, but only dry napkins. So don't ask for wet napkins. We don't have that. I don't remember a lot because yeah. we got sauced on mint juleps. You know, we were, uh, we're doing the whole horse racing thing. But it yeah, was a dog you, track. I mean, when you said that you were at the dog track, not the horse track. Were they racing horses on the dog track? No. Maybe we should have done, like, White Russians or something, but we were just kind of feeling the flavor. Dude, uh, I'm pretty sure that even a mint julep at a dog track is still going to be ratchet as fuck. It's terrible. Everything's watered down. We got, like, shots of beam and stuff. You could barely taste the whiskey yeah it's made with like evan williams and double mint gum they just like crush up the double mint gum (laughs) at the bottom of the cup before the fucking (laughs) be like the the cup isn't a pewter cup it's just like a sprite can that they scrape the paint off of and cut the top off of yeah like if you really want to be a degenerate gambler like you go to the tracks Because, like, kids, shut your ears. But you can place a bet for 10 Kids, don't fucking sets. listen to this. Seriously, yeah. if you're fucking a kid and you're listening to this, then your parents should be ashamed. But, like, 10 cents to bet on a freaking race. I mean, that's just so degenerate. How much does a 10 cent bet pay if, if you, like, to win? It's 10 to 1, 30 to 1? Well, I mean, it's, it's not how much you bet. It's whatever the odds are, you know? So if you want to put it on a long shot, you might get yourself like a buck 30 back, you know? Or if you're going to put it on a safe thing, you know, you might be able to get a whole 15 cents out of that. Holy shit. Wing, Wingstop Kenny just found his new get rich quick scheme. That shit ain't new. Wingstop Kenny's been doing that shit since 1982. 
you know, you get a whole bunch of like the folks from Mexico that come up to the racetrack, you know, because it's all on the level here. You know, it's not like the fucking cockfights or something where it's all rigged. So like you see these dudes like hanging out at the racetrack and they look look like serious racetrack dudes. They've got like the boots that have the toes that point all the way up and they got the gigantic ass belt buckles and all that. It's a really good time. I highly recommend it. Wear those like top hats and those silly shit. I just imagine that at like a racetrack or a horse track and it's just like like a bigger version of a jockey. And you're like, oh, hello, sir. And he's just like, let me usher you to your seat, sir. And everyone's got like a British accent. That's just kind of like what I envision. So everything's like some kind of vaudeville show when you go there. Step right up and realize the debonair (laughs) devastation of sophistication. Meet the man from Biloxi. Search for no proxy. This man has moxie. Get your double mint juleps here. Evan Williams and Double Mint. (laughs) Nothing but the finest. They've kind of got that because, like, the bottom, uh, what do you call that on a stadium? Like, the bottom tier or whatever, it's just kind of like open seating. Like, you know, you just walk in and and you can sit there. But then if you pay, like, I'm not kidding you, an extra dollar, one dollar, you can ride up the escalator to, like, the part that's enclosed and has air conditioning and all that kind of shit. So then you can look down at the poor people who are betting 10 cents with Wingstop Kenny. Dollar's not, like, a big barrier, too, but people are, like, looking up at you like, fuck that guy. I bet there's a lot of people that start up there and then end up outside with those motherfuckers by the time they leave. <laughs> Just drinking you know, double mint juleps like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you you start at the bottom and rise up. It's like everybody starts at the top and like when a dollar is like now a serious barrier, you get to go down into the peon section. So uh, this is a podcast about magic, so I guess we should probably move into some topics. Today we're talking about modern. The last GP, which was Dallas, uh, we had Scred Red take first. So uh, let's comment on that. Sid Swami, have you ever played Scred Red? Question mark. Only a shitload. What do you need to know about it? It's, it's a red deck. It's a big red deck. It's not a little red deck. It's a big fucking Lexington steel penis red deck. So what's the game plan? You're not trying to. You're trying to get as much damage, or you're trying to put out as many guys as possible. You're really playing a control game. It is sort of a tap-out control strategy because obviously you're not like playing counters in a red deck. Of course, the deck is named after the card Scred, which is a sorcery, costs one red mana, and it deals damage to target creature equal to the number of snow permanents you control. So you you run all snow-covered mountains, obviously. Well, yeah, all the mountains in the deck are snow-covered mountains, but that's not the only lands that you play in the deck. A lot of people like to play Scrying Sheets, which is a land that taps for a colorless, but you can also pay a colorless and tap it to look at the top card of your library. And if it's a snow permanent, you can reveal it and put it into your hand. So you play it like alongside Magma Jet. What you can do is you can Magma Jet to set yourself up to where like, say you have a land, you have a snow covered mountain and then another card, like a business card that you want. You go ahead and scrying sheets that back and you can go ahead and draw your business card. It's a really cool card to work with Magma Jet, and that's why this is the best Magma Jet deck, I think, even more so than Burn. So aside from the uh, deck that you probably played, the new deck ran three Pia and Kira Nalar, and it ran three Stormbreath Dragon. It also ran two Eternal Scourge from the new set. From Eldritch Moon. Now, I definitely did play... Um, 
the Storm Breath Dragon. I was not playing it when the PN Kirin Nalar came out. And uh, tell me about what the Eternal Scourge does again. All right, Eternal Scourge is three mana for a 3-3, and uh, you can cast it from exile. And whenever it becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, exile him. So he's hard to remove, and then you can just recast him. He's basically like an unremovable threat that's always going to be coming back. Yeah, I mean, anything that's really mana efficient and durable is good in this deck, and that sounds like it'd be right up the alley. These decks also play Batterskull. This is a really good Batterskull deck. A Batterskull on a Storm Breath Dragon is pretty much terrifying, and if you can go monstrous with a Batterskull on, there's not a deck that can beat that, I don't think, except for maybe something with Karn like Tron or something like that. This deck also plays Koth of the Hammer as its Planeswalker, and this is a Koth of the Hammer deck. You're trying to ramp out stuff like Batter Skulls. I even played Ugin in my Scred deck. I'm not sure what this guy was ramping up to with Koth. He has one Chandra Torch of Defiance. He runs three Blood Moons, so it's like a Blood Moon deck. You're trying to screw out your opponent. And then uh, he runs... Uh, for Relic Progenitus, what do you think he's he's targeting with that? Relic of Progenitus is a great card just to have in Modern because uh, the deck to beat right now in Modern, from what I've heard, is Dredge. And, of course, Dredge being a graveyard deck makes it a very good target for Relic of Progenitus. Also, the deck tends to play stuff like Mind Stones, just other kind of like Mana Rocks that allow it to ramp out bigger threats like Storm Breath Dragons and stuff like that. And then it also plays a lot of sweepers as well. Pyroclasm is pretty popular for Scred, as well as Volcanic Fallout. Volcanic Fallout was probably especially well-positioned in this tournament because of the Infect presence that was at this particular GP. They went with the Anger of the Gods as their uh, board wipe of choice. It synergizes very well with the uh, Eternal Scourge as well exiling it and you can recast it other than that deck is pretty much the same i mean it runs it runs mind stones it runs dragon claws in the sideboard to gain a little life a couple goblin rabble masters molten rain blow up like lands and, and then it deals two damage to that lands controller for three mana ricochet trap and then shattering spree you know for that affinity matchup that's about it i mean can we just talk about what a great meta play this is because I don't think anybody saw this coming. And especially in kind of the post-Splinter Twin, post-Pod world, you know, Modern's kind of been a little bit more open. And that's what I really love about this format. You know, you've got something like this, which I don't think anybody would have really predicted coming into the top eight or anything like that. He's got all the answers for all the stuff people are currently bitching about, like Infect. I've always thought this was a really powerful strategy, uh, even when stuff like Splinter Twin and... uh, even Maliripod were around. This was a pretty decent deck. It had game, but the fact is, is just Modern has a lot of viable decks in it that could easily win a tournament, but they're not very consistent. Now, what can really be said about this deck is if you're a person that just likes to play a mid-rangey deck that's going to be like fairly consistent, then this is a good way to go if you want to play like a rogue deck like this. Yeah, this deck looks really sweet. Death Shadow Zoo is a big deck right now, and the Dragon's Claw would be a good card to sideboard in just to kind of, you know, survive the onslaught of that and then finish them off when you get your Koth online or or whatever. And if you're playing any other color deck, you know, your Blood Moons. I mean, this deck looks looks pretty versatile. 
Yeah, how many people coming into this didn't even know about like snow covered mountains or something like that? I mean, this this deck hasn't, uh, at least that I can remember, it hasn't top eight in uh, probably a couple of years at least. You know, so, uh, and also this one really isn't that expensive if you're going out there to buy a deck. I mean, this is not going to cost you a few hundred dollars. You know, most of the stuff people probably still have around, especially some sure of those accelerators. Well, yeah, now it's probably going to. I mean, Storm Breath is probably going to spike, but, but uh, you know, it's not as intimidating a price point as some of the other decks you've got out there. Right. Snow Cover Mountains are, are going up, though, right now, and the scrying sheets are up to like 15 bucks. So I think this brings up a really uh, good point about Modern, though. And the fact is, is that Modern has so many decks you can play that if you're a Modern guy and you can master your deck, like you just play your deck for fucking years. You could probably win a GP. And I think that's what this guy did. He's probably been playing Scred for years and he took this shit to a GP and won because he got lucky and he was really good at playing his deck. And there's a lot of decks that people don't know about in modern that can do well in these big tournaments. Uh, Lantern Control comes to mind. Um, I don't know if Restore Balance has ever put up good numbers in a tournament but i know for a fact that if somebody can learn and master that deck that it is very scary it just takes one event for it to win though to come on somebody's radar now people will be looking for scred red like when uh lantern control won everyone was freaking out like everyone was afraid to play that deck every week at their fnm but i mean it sprouted up for a little bit but it went away because it's frustrating to play it's frustrating to play against no one wants to play that deck you know scred red actually might have some viability because it's fun to play and you know against it there is kind of some game there well the one thing i would say about it is having said all that this is also not a deck where you can just net deck it and show up at friday night magic and expect that you're going to win i mean this is definitely one where you've got to play and understand the interactions and and how it works and what you've got to hang on to and what you know you have to get rid of early um and that's one of the other great things about modern is that uh you know, like Vintage and Legacy, a lot of those decks, they're kind of easy to learn because they happen so fast and you just have to know the interaction. But this is the kind of deck where, you know, you're not looking for like a win by turn three or something. You know, you you actually have to practice and have a little bit of patience, you know, to get your opponent in a position where you can win. That's a really good point about Scred Red Deck. I've always been an advocate of playing red decks in tournaments because it gives you plenty of time between rounds to jack off and go check out the merch booths and be relaxed and have fun. But this is not that kind of red deck. Uh, this is not a Goblin Guide deck. You need to think of this as the bluest red deck that is exactly. around. The idea of this deck isn't to just do damage to the face. That's not what you're really trying to do with this deck. This deck is all about board presence and card advantage. Um, you know, getting two for ones when you can. It's just your basic like mid rangey kind of controlish strategy. It's Jund. It's like fucking Jund, pretty much. If I were going to add anything into this, I would add some uh, some little donks where you know you can just do one or two damage here and there, maybe by tapping or you know, entering the battlefield or whatever, because, you know, you don't want to get into a position where they're putting all those little drops on there, creating a bunch of tokens and, and doing stuff out of it, and you just run out of time before you can get to what you need to do. 
I think if I was to add a card to this deck, I would want to maybe look into a Weaver of Lightning because that just seems like it'd be really good against those kind of strategies. Maybe even uh, bring in a Basilisk Collar uh, from the sideboard. Basilisk Collar, huh? You know what goes great with that? Uh, Cunning Spark Mage. He's three mana, which is a little high, but he's zero one. You tap, you can do damage to target creature or player, but you put the Basilisk Collar on there, a little death touch combo, and he can machine gun all his dudes. Spark Mage comes out with haste, so you get your first shot off right away. Yeah, I think this one might actually even be where maybe you could look at the dash mechanic and uh, some of the cards that have got that uh, from Dragons and... and uh, you know, maybe you just want to get something in there, do some damage, and get it out. Uh, and that wouldn't disrupt what you're trying to do as much. So what about Outpost Siege? So it's three and a red. Um, you ha- It's an enchantment. You can do cons or dragons. Cons is you exile the top card of your library. You get a cast of this this turn. A little card advantage. And there's really no other text on there. But if you did want to look at the other half of the card, it's dragons. Every time a creature leaves the battlefield, it does one damage to them. Uh, no one ever picks that one yeah i think outpost siege would be pretty hot uh in this deck and it would be like a good thing with magma jet and scrying sheets so yeah good call there bro so a big topic we've been talking about lately is modern versus legacy now that legacy is going away do you think it's going to lose favor or do you think that modern will kind of take over as people's favorite format i think it's pretty clear that modern is the people's format and all you have to do is see all of the uh big name magic uh, you know promoters that are that are getting out of that game what's taking its place is modern i mean there just aren't the people out there and you hear all kinds of excuses about why that is but the bottom line is people do not play that format they don't want to get into that format and they don't want to play against the people who are entrenched in that format so i think it's pretty much dead i think we might even see a time where it even moves off mtgo into something more like commander where it's just not supported i think you might be on to something even deeper there by saying that it's the new legacy because i think that modern is going to become the format that nobody plays pretty soon so don't you think they're gearing up they're getting rid of legacy because they're going to come out with a, a new format like eternal which will allow them to maybe cut out the dual lands making or the restricted list making the format so expensive essentially they'll cut that out and then now they'll have a format without that stuff and it'll might be a cheaper format well yeah they used to uh what was it called and uh they completely discontinued it because nobody played it and i just don't think that that's uh even a realistic possibility because people want to play cards. They want to play cards that are powerful. They want to play cards that are fun. They want to play games that are engaging. And, uh, you know, that's just not what Legacy does. I think Legacy is very engaging. And it's a lot of interaction. The cards you play, you have Force of Will and um, Days. So those two cards alone, you can dump cards out of your hand to counter spells. So some spells you have to be like, is this worth me countering? Or I can't let him Vendillion click here, so I'm going to go ahead and, and use my well, force yeah. here. But you're you're exactly describing the problem as to why people hate playing against Force of Will. You know, number one, it's an incredibly expensive card, even with the reprint, you know, compared to other formats. And number two, like, the opponent has... The the onus isn't on the opponent, you know, like like gifts on give ungiven or uh, some of the other cards out there that kind of do the same thing. You know, it's all about the guy who's playing it, and that's what people don't like about this format. And you know, I exaggerate about how you know who can get to their 
win condition on turn one faster. That's a lot of what it is. And people don't enjoy that. You don't enjoy sitting there, you know, when it's your opponent's turn and they're taking, you know, extraordinarily long, detailed combos that have nothing to do with you and you just watch them unload on you. Yeah, not every game's like that, though. I played Infect when I went. Infect is, is pretty fun because I'm not worried about what damage plan they're doing to me. If they combo out on one or two, then I can't really stop it. I mean, I might have a uh, Force of Will or Daze, so I look for a part of the combo to break it up, and then I just hit it there. Otherwise, I use that Force of Will or Daze or whatever to allow my damage through, so I just have to land a Glistener Elf or Blighted Agent well, yeah. or something, and then, and then it's on. Point- at that point, you're not playing magic. You're playing uh, rocks, paper, scissors, essentially. You know, do I have the stuff in my hand to beat what the other guy has in his hand? And that's really frustrating to a lot of players because, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, the infinite amount of decks out there that possibly could be played, but you simply can't play them and you can't do them because you're just, uh, you know, if you don't have what you need, you're done by turn two. Well, let's bring up another issue about Legacy, and that is the whole proxy thing. Because I don't think there's anything that I've seen more divisive in the community than proxies. And and I had a store, I have a store where they still run uh, games like that. And this is always something that ends in fisticuffs. Um, you know, the people that have the cards do not want to see proxies, even in a friendly tournament. You can't even use the proxies in a uh, legitimate tournament. And that's a huge turnoff. And I, I know you get hate mail about like, hey, you Proxies for the cards? Bullshit. You can't do that if you're playing competitive Legacy. Well, you know, the people that bought these decks want the tournaments to fire. So if they don't have enough players, then they almost have to allow proxies so that they could at least hold a tournament. I'm going to tell you, I even hate proxies in Commander because I have a Force of Will in my Commander deck, but that's because I fucking worked my ass off and paid a shitload of money for a Force of Will to put into my Commander deck. And you just go and make a proxy of your shit and make proxies of dual land so your deck runs so fucking good. No. Like, that to me, like, putting proxies in shit is being too competitive. If your deck has to be, like, super competitive in order for you to have fun, then you need to play a format that you can afford. And that's always been kind of my stance on that. A lot of the players are, you know, 30 something males. I mean, that's so those players are married or have families. Can you imagine saying, hey, honey, I want to buy three volcanic islands? Like, how does that conversation go? It goes, honey, I'm going to use my own money, and I'm not going to tell you what I'm freaking buying. That's how it goes. Semi-retired John Holland. Whoop, whoop. Well, yeah, but I think the more existential question is, you know, there's a lot of things that you can get for that money. They can bring you a lot of enjoyment in a different kind of, uh, you know, you can almost buy a boat for what it costs to get a grip of Force of Wills. Yeah, braces, uh, baseball. Um, the daughter wants to do dance lessons. Oh, I listen mean, to me. I have kids and I'm poor. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I mean, I like sticking my dick in things and I don't like making money because that shit's hard. I'm a hustler, baby. Hustler. I just want you to know. What's the point of playing these formats if you're not going to play them competitively? Like, you're never going to be able to play a competitive event with proxies in your deck unless it's like Eternal Weekend. And even then, that's like the most casual competitive event that anyone could ever fathom. I feel like if you want to play Legacy just for fun, 
don't go play legacy just for fun. Just take any card you have. Hey, you might have a black Lotus that you've had ever since you were a kid because it's always been worth money, but you've never gotten to play with it. But at your kitchen table, you can play with your black Lotus as much as you want. And if anybody says shit, you could tell them to get the fuck out of your house. I see people with EDH decks with like moxes in them and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh my God. I mean, but that's something that people value. And uh, I had a buddy who recently sold his collection last year at GP Vegas, the Modern Masters 2015 one, and he put a down payment on the house. Is it a bad investment? It's a horrible investment. It's kind of the worst it, investment. It's the absolute worst. To buy power or buy expensive? To buy any magic cards as an investment is the worst investment. I don't know. I mean, so- yeah, you'll make some money, but like dollars – Maybe even since. I guarantee when he sold that collection, he did not get what the freaking TCG mid is. I guarantee it. So good for him that he was able to, uh, you know, make a house payment off of that. But still, I mean, like, oh, my God, you know, you just imagine like if you had, you know, sold it, I don't know, like five years ago, 10 years ago and just taking that money and invested it or even put it in a freaking bank account or under your goddamn pillow. This is the safe mattress. For $1,100, customers can bypass the banking system with its fees, low interest rates, and any risk of a depositor's haircut. In the old times, we used to keep our savings underneath our mattress. So now, in the 21st century, why don't we manufacture a mattress with a safe inside? And from that crazy idea, we saw the chance to develop a new product. Also, since you're at the mercy of reprints and things like Modern Masters and uh, Eternal and whatever. I don't know. People don't think of it like that, though. I mean, to him, it was just his cards, right? He found out they're worth a bunch of money. He goes and sells them. Like, he could piece it out and make more money. He could eBay for months and months. But he was out in Vegas, and he brought his card, and he walked away with almost ten grand. So he sold a bunch of power. He kept a playset of all of his stuff. But, I mean, he's been playing forever. He's like, I'm getting married now. I'm going to quit Magic. And I was like, don't quit Magic. And he's like, well, I'm at least going to sell all my vintage stuff or whatever. You know, good for him. I think if I had bought moxes and stuff back in the day when I first started playing, that shit would be worth so much money right now. Call back to episode two. You have a vintage community that is very alive and well on Magic Online. I think that buying into something like vintage on Magic Online is still preposterous unless you're planning to do it competitively. I mean, because essentially you're just paying money for like a play deck. You're not going to actually transition into actual paper cards or somewhere else that you're going to play it. So you're playing in the vintage tournaments or whatever. And don't even get me started on standard shit. I got back into standard just because I thought it would be a good way to get back into the magic online but that shit was so expensive so now i have to play competitively because i have a tier one standard deck now so now like i'm a slave to the system man i'm i'm gonna say if there was somebody that i knew and loved and trusted and they came to me and said john i understand that you know about these magic card things i want your opinion i am going to get into legacy no matter what i am hell-bent on this what should i do i would tell them that they've got to go mtgo because the format's dying in paper with a virtually the same investment probably a little cheaper they're going to be able to play more and they might even actually get to the point where they can get some of those qualifying points and stuff online and if they do it in paper they're going to be like freaking you know like wingstop Kenny going around looking for a game everywhere and not being able to find one. To live in a mystery and to find purpose and to live in the now magic (sighs) now 
so at this point, if you're going to do it from scratch, I think you have to go MTGO. Wingstop Kenny's always getting into shit. Fucking yeah, Wingstop Kenny. Fuck him. Live in the moment. Don't get old. Don't judge people. Because you can't be free if you judge people. Love now. Create. Inspire. You could invest if you're going to play Legacy or whatnot. You're you're always one reprint away, whether it comes in standard or some uh, crazy set or something. Uh, same with a bunch of the cards that were in the uh, Versus deck anthology. So many of those plummet in because now you know they made the arbitrary decision to start cranking something out. So I, you know, that's that's just the risk you take when you buy these cards. But what about like Caracas? You think they'll ever reprint that back through so that it can be in modern? They did print it on Magic Online, but not for modern. Vintage Masters was huge for Magic Online. That you know, even the vintage community, it really helped out all the older formats. But well, just my personal opinion of a card like that and all this shit about the reserve list and everything, they're going to do it when they absolutely have to. You know, I don't know if that's ever going to happen or anything like that. But it's a purely financial decision. Right now, they make more money by not reprinting it. If there comes a time where they're going to make more money by reprinting it, then they'll do it. Instead of Legacy, let's go the other direction. What do you guys think about this new format, Frontier, which is basically M15 forward, anything from the with the new card art? So past Theros or whatever. Not a real I'm format. A, will never be a real format. I have an Atarka Red deck that I would love to get more use out of. You know, I think I throw in Rabble Masters. I throw in a few other things. I could throw in uh, Chandra Torch of Defiance or some of these newer cards. I think it could beef that up. And it's like I have a deck sitting on the shelf that I didn't sell in time because I'm an idiot. And now I might be able to go down the shop and, and play it again. That's kind of cool. You can play it in any modern match you want to. Right, but then, you know, what chance do I have against Infect or Affinity or any top-tier decks? I think that the Frontier format is an awesome thing for brewers, man. If you love to brew decks, like, this is going to be your paradise, is this format taken off. But that is to say, like, will this format take off? John, you seem to think that it has no chance of taking off, and I just want to know why. Do you think there's not enough people that want to brew decks out there? You know, I'll tell you why. It's because when you look at that cut, like M15 forward, I think it's fair to objectively say that the sets that you're looking at are not as good as the sets before that. You know, it conveniently happens to exclude, you know, Innistrad and uh, you know some of that other stuff. Unless there's something that happens where suddenly the quality of the blocks in general gets better, and there's kind of some answers that are looking backward at that same period. You know, I just don't see it, because you've got a whole bunch of kind of half-broken stuff lying around, and you're going to kind of tinker toy it together into something. And it's just not going to be fun. It's not going to be very competitive. I think everybody's sick of Siege Rhino, it doesn't even show up that much in modern anymore, you know, and to have and I think a card like that would totally dominate Frontier. Well, it actually might get some some uh, vibrance to modern, because if, you know, a crazy combo deck shows up with like a Jeskai Ascendancy combo deck or something, if some new card comes out that makes that deck viable in Frontier, people might try a shell in modern. So, I mean, it might give a little bit of oomph 
to the other formats. No, because you've got, you know, answers in modern that you would never have in Frontiers, you know, and that's why a card like Siege Rhino doesn't really have a home right now. Or if it does, it's it's not in decks that are winning, because uh, you got answers like Path to Exile and uh, you know, Languish or whatever. And uh, I just don't see anybody coming up with a combo in that range that would somehow be better than the stuff that's in modern where there's more ways to get rid of it. We just need a new print in Aether Revolt, some a, a little cheap artifact that untaps a permanent whenever you play an artifact. And then you're going to be able to use like your your uh, eggs shell to spit out tons of artifacts and untap things and whatever. And, and then you'll use Jeskai Ascendancy and, uh, you know, maybe an artifact mana producer so that you can untap that and create an infinite mana and just go off. I mean, the deck, it just needs a couple cards printed and it could be possible, but it's going to be found probably quicker in frontier than it would be in modern where people aren't going to even try that if frontier actually became like a format that wizard supported though things would get like crazy banned just like it does in modern like the fact is is that there's no frontier thought seas or inquisition of causalek so like a lot of shit would have to get banned or there'd be some really degenerate shit going on i'm pretty sure Right, it'll probably start. It'll probably start out as a bunch of aggro decks or something at the beginning. Well, that's an, that's another thing is like you know, design doesn't even consider modern or commander or any other of the formats that wizard supports when they're designing blocks for standards. So, you know, the idea that oh well, maybe they'll have answers for this format that doesn't exist yet. It's just never going to happen. I prefer modern over any other format because it's relatively. Uh, affordable. I almost prefer it on MTGO. I mentioned this last week. When you go down and play at a local shop, a lot of people can only afford one or two modern decks. Unless you're 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 in Roanoke, Virginia, like uh, Sweet Smooth Sid Swami. I live in Roanoke, bro. I live in an undisclosed location <laughs> in America, where weed is legal. Undisclosed location. Yeah. Fun fact: It really isn't Sid. Sid is uh, actually a ghost that only shows up during the Blood Moon, like an American Horror Story. Oh damn! This shit's on right now, dude. If only if you're a deck daddy, we'll give you Sid's location, and you have to be you have to go through several tiers of buying Timmy chicken from Chick Fil A before we. You even give you Sid's phone number. So I was at the Chick-fil-A today, man, smoking a blunt in the drive-thru, and I noticed that the Chick-fil-A over by my house in the undisclosed location in America, chicks in that weren't very fine at all, dude. As a matter of fact, they was pretty damn frumpy. That's bogus. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about Chick-fil-A on the way home tonight because it was all, you know, it's raining, it's cold, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, man, maybe I should swing by the Chick-fil-A, but I didn't. But I I totally did think about it because I knew we were recording and I needed to give an update to my peeps. Dude, my belly is straight full of chicken nuggets that I had to pay for. This fucking sponsorship is not working out so far. Uh, yeah, we got to up that. We're all going to be gassy because I stopped by Wingstop on the way here. I felt like I needed about a pound and a half of wings, maybe some curly fries, get some Wingstop Kenny action. He wasn't there because apparently John Holland doesn't like Wingstop. I can't stand that fucking place. I can't stand, like, chicken wings in general. Oh, shit, that's... Baller blowing up. I'm a big boy, you know I do what I want. 
yeah. he's called Wingstop Kenny because he'll never be at Wingstop. I just play that jingle in my head over and over again. Wingstop Kenny. It's like advertising. The way I think about it, you know that uh, Ted Nugent song, Cat Scratch Fever? Just like replace the lyrics of that with Wingstop Kenny. Dun, dun, dun. You know, and just think of him as this badass creeping around your Wingstop. Wingstop Kenny. It's going to be a fun weekend of editing. I'm telling you what, Monday's going to be great for you guys. No, that's so sweet. So, Sid, where can we find you? Well, I wanted to uh, mention this because I think we forgot this, but there's a Magic and Hash Facebook group now. And it's like the cast from Exile Facebook group, but there's actually podcasts bringing out episodes instead of a podcast that doesn't do episodes. Paging Brian Rommel to the burn unit. Brian Rommel to the burn unit. So if you're on the Cats from Exile Facebook group and you're not on the Magic and Hash Facebook group, then you're really not doing it right and you need to get your ass on over there. Speaking of the Cats from Exile Facebook group, we are there and still all the stuff that is in Magic and Hash Facebook group will be on the Cats from Exile Facebook group, but it won't be as good because there's not a Cast from Exile podcast that's making episodes right now. But there is a Magic and Hash podcast that's making this episode you just listened to. Yeah, what's up with this, man? I mean, it's so sad that when there isn't enough awesome podcasting, you just kind of have to go out and make your own. That's the American way, I guess. So go to the Magic and Hash Facebook group. Sid Sid Meister 78 on MTGO. Sid's Haymail at gmail.com. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Yeah, if you want to find me, I'm up on the Facebook with all that stuff, and you really should stop by the Magic and Hash Facebook page because there are some beautiful, well-oiled men on there speaking sweet words to each other. And if you don't believe me, then go there and prove me wrong. But other than that, as always, you can come to my lawn and find me, or who knows, Wingstop Kenny might just get himself a Twitter one of these days. I love that we have a Facebook group where we can add content during the week because people aren't expecting it. And then all of a sudden, here's oiled up Sid giving him a, a weekly update. Also, Sid has started a campaign called Meme the Fappening, where he makes fake magic cards with relevant jokes throughout the week to kind of get you yeah, a little giggle. A little giggle. A tickle and a giggle. That shit's taken off. Plus... Magic and Hash's Week Controlling is going to be... As a matter of fact, you know what? We're going to stop putting that stuff on the Cast from Exile Facebook group soon. (laughs) We're not going to tell you when we do it, but if you notice a depletion in freshness over there, it's because it's all at the Magic and Hash Facebook group. We also want to draw in... listeners (laughs) listeners <laughs> and viewers but if you are in magic and hash currently and you want to see what's going on over at cfe you can hit, hit up ruben alvarado you can hit up brian brommel you can hit up some of those other admins over there and they'll get you hooked up there's a lot of content going on in a lot of places so if you are listening to this podcast and you want more stuff during the week you want laughs you don't want to wait till monday for more magic and hash hit us up on facebook hit us up on twitter it's all very simple keep can we really put that stuff on magic and hash because okay first of all these facebook groups they're closed groups so there's some really really weird stuff going on in there yeah because on pros we we don't say you know the cuss words as much we don't you know dive into like some of the 
by a video where I got oiled up and declared that challenge resulted in a lot of fake, maybe homosexual discussions. So, right. Are you afraid to embrace diversity? No. No, it's not that I'm doing that. I just don't. Oh, listen to your back headlights, sons of bitches. No. If you want the rawest humor on the web, don't worry about being politically correct. I apologize for any sour things that you might hear. But if you want to get in there in the fucking locker room, as Trump says, come get some. Grabbing pussy. Grabbing by the pussy. We do say some mean, lewd shit. And if, if we do accept you into the group, there is some sense of... There is a not zero chance you will get trolled. And you better not get offended and try to report us to Facebook because they won't do shit for you because it's a closed group. And now that we've just about scared everyone away, come see what you're missing. But if you like John, you gotta like request shit from him because he's a busy motherfucker. If you're here for John, which some of you probably are, because John's the fresh shit, you gotta get on him to start making some more than that good shit. If you're if you're here for me, I'm really fucking terrified. <laughs> if you like us, tell your friends to download. Download us on multiple devices if you want. I don't give a shit. Let us rub sand all over your ass nipples. Hit us up at www.patreon.com backslash magic and hash. We have some funny tiers up there right now, and we'll change them throughout time so if you sign up for a tier we'll we will honor that tier but moving forward if we want Chick-fil-A, to play we're talking to you i've actually heard from chick-fil-a excellent they've nice. contacted me so awesome we might have is it a, because your card got rejected or no um actually oh. it was because i was flirting with a girl it was fine up until i showed her uh my dick but that was all because I ordered Coke and she gave me Diet Coke. And you can't, you can't do that. God. You can't do that because some people have fetal chironomia and like that could kill them. I wanted to show her what my dick could look like if she gave me the other soft drink. Like I squeezed it real tight and it turned purple and then I showed it to her. And then for some reason, half an hour later, I was in handcuffs. Look at this beautiful penis. I put this in a woman and had a child. And now that child may possibly grow up as an orphan because you are trying to kill me with diet soda, ma'am. Someday I would like to enter that penis into another vagina. Thank you very much, Sidley. But this is the longest outro ever. Uh, for all your inquiries, hit me up at magicandhash at gmail.com. Timmy underscore magic. Tell about the stream, dog. The stream. We have a stream at Twitch. Uh, dot com backslash magic and hash where we can see a lot of sid's videos he's been posting a lot of deck text drunken drafts we're about to put up some funny stuff we had a grudge match last week versus red white vehicles and grixis emerge we're going to put up all those promo videos up on twitch so that you'll get to see all that hype leading up to the event and then you'll get to see our event where you can only hear me breathing heavily on the microphone and then losing to sid well Spoiler, it was a close match. And plus, Sid said some funny shit that you couldn't hear. And you hear me laughing and breathing into the microphone in response to said funny things. So. I think you can, you can see me during part of it, though. Oh, yeah. You could definitely see Sid. He's got a funky, Dude, like, hat on. So I'm check that out. I'm wearing a sweet hat. I love that hat. Check out his funky hat. Twitch.com backslash magic and hash. Uh, Timmy underscore magic on Twitter. You can name me at Tim Kempter on Facebook. John, John, are you going to be on TV anytime soon? Let's. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. There is a movie coming out next year. 
Hopefully, that's what it says on the IMDb update, so we'll see. Holy shit, Wingstop Kenny is making an appearance on film. No, it's not Wingstop Kenny, it's John. Those are two different guys. Yeah, that Wingstop Kenny, I don't know. Magic and Hash on Facebook. And uh, if you hit up any three of us, we will add you to our group. But you got to be friendly. And you also have to love sucking dicks. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) If you like that joke, you'll fit right in. Thanks for getting blitzed with us. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs>